You're listening to the IQVIA podcast, where we discuss ways to drive innovation in healthcare. Are you ready to learn how great reference data powers exceptional brand experiences? If you are, you picked the right podcast. During this two-part series, we will cover what creates a great digital experience for healthcare providers, therefore allowing them to create a great patient experience. Hi, I'm Jared Rickard. I'm a 20-year veteran of digital marketing, specifically to healthcare providers, and a senior director of product and strategy here at IQVIA. Joining us is Chantel Kelly, who I will let introduce herself. Welcome, Chantel. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me today. My name is Chantel Kelly. I'm an associate director at IQVIA, and I represent the one key reference data offering portfolio. I'm excited to talk to you about where healthcare is going today. We're going to talk about where we are at today. And one thing that we know is that things have changed dramatically for us in the last three years. And so when we think about reference data, um, what we think about today is not what we would have thought about three years ago. What worked three years ago doesn't work today. So we want to look at that. We want to look at all the different ways things have changed in order to set up what a, a great brand experience looks like today. We're going to take a minute and we're going to look at, at the changes that have happened in privacy. Um, we're going to take a look at the need for data consistency, and we're going to look at the need for data immediacy. So the need to have data as early and often as possible. And then at the end, we're going to take a look. Chantel and I are going to look into our crystal balls and, and talk about where we think things are going. So really what the intent of this, this session is, is to give you a view from two veterans at what we think things are gonna look like in a couple of years in terms of what are the pieces you need to have in place? What's the data you need to have in place in order to create a great brand experience for healthcare providers? And ultimately that's what creates a great experience with that healthcare provider and allows them to create a great experience for patients and transform the patient experience. I'm going to be covering the digital side of things. Obviously, with many years of digital experience, that makes sense. And Chantel is, is an expert in everything that data is used for by a pharmaceutical organization. And I'm going to start by handing it off to Chantel, and she's going to talk to us about HCP patient relationship today. So when I think about how the healthcare patient or healthcare provider and patient relationship has changed, the first thing that comes to mind is telehealth. Telehealth and technology has completely changed the way healthcare providers interact with their patients. Before we used to go to our doctor, they'd write us a prescription and we'd go to the pharmacy. Now I can see the doctor in my, you know, at my kitchen table. I don't need to leave my house. So that technology has definitely changed the game um, as far as healthcare. People are um, being seen at their homes. Healthcare providers are seeing more patients, maybe patients that they would not have had access to before. Um, and we're living in sort of a digital virtual world. So um, you're seeing healthcare providers moving around and actually um, prescribing and, and actually seeing patients in, in different areas and working at different organizations as well. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's meaningfully changed the data right at the core because now you have HTPs who are associated with whole new patient audiences and patients associated for the first time with brand new doctors. When you and I were talking earlier, 
I was mentioning, I've had the same doctor basically for 30 years, but all of a sudden in the last three years, I've had six or seven new telehealth doctors, right? Because I, I, I now call telehealth for a lot of different things. And, and so those associations have completely changed. Right. Def yeah, definitely speaks to uh, the need for that immediacy in data, right? The, the fact that that data is changing every single day now absolutely and we are we're seeing from a data perspective we are seeing that we're adding 2000 or more healthcare professionals every day and also we're doing about 4000 provider affiliations daily so you can imagine how many hcps are now you know being spotted at different organizations um, and creating those different affiliations it's hard to keep track especially if you're getting your data less frequently one of the other things we've definitely seen change is access in that is uh, access to the healthcare provider by the sales reps, right? Um, and that in-person promotion piece has been has been changing, changing a lot. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Chantal? Yes, unfortunately, the the healthcare, you know, the face-to-face -face interaction has has definitely gone down, and we knew it was going to go down during COVID, but it's sort of it's not back up anymore and so you've got a lot of um, healthcare providers that are really wanting their information online you know they're doing or reading online medical journals and and all of that good stuff they're practicing at all of these different locations so it's hard for you to find the provider but then when you find them can you really have that face-to-face -face interaction and and it's not likely they're busier they're seeing more patients um it's just a it's a different world that we're living in mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we're seeing that a lot of the the reps are becoming much more digital in nature as well right so they're starting to execute a lot more digital tactics and and there's a lack of communication there between the marketing teams and those reps. That's a problem that has to be solved. And we, we believe we have the solve for it, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Compliance is also changing. Um, and that's an important topic, both in terms of privacy and, and then obviously the data components. I, I'd love to get your take on it. Absolutely. I am I'm glad the pandemic is over. <laughs> Let's just say that or it feels like it's over for the most part. Um, I know three years ago when we were we were all struggling to figure out or keep up with all of the different state regulations and the state laws, each state had a different compliance or COVID mechanism. And so we've, we're having all these spreadsheets and we're tracking the data and we're making sure that, you know, one state may authorize providers or prescribers to come back um, from work, even though their license may have expired. So it's a complete nightmare, but we definitely got through it. And now what we're seeing is that we're seeing the privacy changes more or less states are creating their own laws for um, us to comply with. So you'll see like California, for instance, they have the Privacy Act law where an, uh, an HCP can not only opt out of your sales and marketing materials, but they can also request that you delete them. And this causes you know, as soon as you say delete data, it's like, oh no, it's a nightmare. So from a data perspective, you never want to delete it, but because of the laws and the way things are going, you're going to have to find a way to be able to take that record out. And, you know, once you add a record, it's usually flowing downstream 
So you've got to not only take the record out, but you've got to make sure that wherever it's flown through downstream, it gets removed and then also uh, make sure that it doesn't come back into your data. So that's, you know, it's important that all of the data assets are talking to each other. Otherwise it gets very tricky and complicated. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that MDM world very, very messy, right? I mean, yes. if you think about all the different data providers that you can compile together to create a record and, and you know, always in that world, we're trying to create a, a golden record. But now if you've got many, many different data sources and one of them absorbs a CPRA request to delete data, how do you delete the data <laughs> in that mastered record? How do you deal with it downstream? right? It's yeah, very complex absolutely. without a single identifier that links it all together. That sounds, yeah, that's definitely a change, right? That's a, that's a big, big change. It's uh, a huge change. And that, I mean, that's why we have our privacy team as well that we've created um, just to tackle these issues, because it's, it's not just, it's not just California. You're going to have multiple states that will tweet, you know, they may, have several things that are the same and then they have one twist and you've got to have you you've got to be agile and flexible enough to to handle that twist and and you know nothing's going to be like standardized when it comes to data you need that flexibility for sure yeah 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 and you do mention we we've created a, a privacy office within just our digital enablement center of excellence and uh we field a lot of requests for information from our clients every day, right? So we know that you, our clients, are concerned about this. We, we field a ton of questions about it. Let's talk a little bit about some of the, the ways that this is impacting value track products, right? So what, what has changed there um, within the channel and specialist data and the patient data? So, you know, along with compliance and the channel and specialty data, you do have the Drug Supply Chain uh, Security Act that's coming out, and that's slated for November, where you have manufacturers, distributors, dispensaries, you have to do product tracing. And so that's sort of a, a big change that's coming to the industry um, that our clients have to be aware of and, and prepare for. Um, as far as the the patient journey it's really what i've seen in, in terms of demand is our clients are looking at the idn data to understand the influence um, especially as it relates to rare disease or some of those other um, rare specialties that you really need to identify and have a targeted um, plan and a targeted list and so it's it's very important that not only are you reaching out to the right prescribers, but you're understanding who those patients are. What are the prescribing behaviors? Is that doctor, um, did the doctor used to write prescriptions for this drug and now they're no longer writing it? Why did they stop writing the prescriptions? Why are they changing therapies? So it's very, very important that you have multiple data sets to make an informed decision um, and make sure that your data is accurately update it as well so that you, you're making the right decision at the right time. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of change and, and makes it very obvious to me why it is the things that we did before don't work the same as they used to, right? And why 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 we need good data to power this. Um, 
and why what was acceptable before is not acceptable today. So it's it's of equal change on the digital side. I will tell you that, you know, when I look at things from a digital side of things. Um, again, we've seen the rise just in this last couple of years, really, of the customer data platform. So there's all these new players in the space with these much more agile uh, data platforms that we can use. One of the other things that we've seen really rise to the top in recent years, this this began many years before the pandemic, the idea of a marketing automation platform, but we've seen explosive growth in how intelligent those marketing automation platforms have become in recent years. Um, the amount of different data sets that they're able to pull in, this really goes to the, the idea of segmentation, right? Because the all of the data that we have can create really meaningful segments within these marketing automation platforms. And we've seen a great need for that. When things go more digital, you have to stand out. <laughs> and it's harder to stand out in a very crowded email inbox or social feed or whatever the case may be. And so you need that data to get real personalized with your messaging. And those marketing automation platforms that our clients are using and that we're using have become more sophisticated to, to take advantage of that data. And email marketing's had a lot of changes just in the last couple of years, not, not driven by anything in the pandemic, but actually driven by privacy on the device side. So we've had Apple and Google who have gotten very concerned with privacy and they're making changes. So we had Apple launch something called iOS 15. Now they're about to launch iOS 17. And in that they've, they've made reading out whether an HCP opened an email or not, much more challenging. It's a much more challenging thing. You're not gonna easily get to the data on whether somebody opened an email. I shouldn't just say that's HCPs. That's everyone everywhere, right? That's, that's a global thing on any Apple device. It's, it's hard to see if a doctor has opened, it's hard to see if a customer has opened, it's hard to see if anyone's opened an email. And so that's presented a challenge, yeah. And is all of this related to, I know me personally, when I'm on, on the phone and I go to a website and it says something about cookies or, you know, accept, like I see this more now than I've ever seen it before. Is that all related? That's all related to the greater digital privacy movement. Yeah. And the, the thing is that really all those digital channels, they don't have a governing body. So in the absence of a governing body, um, the device manufacturers get to make their own rules. <laughs> and, and so Apple's making changes. Google, theoretically, we're marching forward um, towards a cookie-less world in the Google world, right? They're going to deprecate all third-party cookies. So it's a changing landscape. That, will have a, that would have an impact on website data and, uh, and also potentially on programmatic marketing, which we'll talk about in a second. We've seen the growth. These next two, really what's changed is we've seen the growth of both these channels. Um, I think back to 2020, not a lot of healthcare providers being targeted by pharmaceutical organizations in the social media channels. But today that's not true at all. They are, are highly targeting healthcare providers in social media channels. And what's, that? what's the ahead. best social media channel? That's an awesome question. <laughs> um, Actually, the best social media channel, there are doctors active in all of them. So there are doctors active in literally every social media channel you can think of, right? Instagram, um, even TikTok. 
the ones that are most popular are are Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. But by far and away, the most popular still today is Facebook. And I think it's a comfort level thing. Uh, the, there are a lot of HTTPs in places like LinkedIn, but they're going to have a certain type of profile. Because as a doctor, if I have a LinkedIn profile, I'm suddenly going to get a lot of requests from my patients um, about uh, wanting to be connected. Um, in Facebook, I think they, they're able to put their personal face forward. And so it's a little less business oriented. It probably feels a little less risky to the healthcare provider. And so we see a lot of them in Facebook and it's a great, it's a great channel to execute in. And I don't think that these channels are gonna slow down, right? We've seen this, the rise of programmatic marketing. That's an interesting one because that required one-to-one -one data attribution to have it really be effective. So you need to know at an HCP level who's who's been exposed to an ad, who's clicked on an ad. Um, you wanna be able to trace them through when they get to the website. And that's that was not a reality um, just several short years ago. But today we have, we have a solution for that, right? We have a solution where we can do HCP level tracking and programmatic and find it to be a very effective channel. And ultimately all of this, we always recommend, our recommendation is always that we measure these engagements and use the output of that measurement to optimize all further engagements. So I think that's another thing that's really risen to the top in recent years is there's a, a big focus on optimizing the channels for effectiveness. So you're measuring your total campaign overall and really hitting back on what were the messages that, that got a lot of traction, what were the channels that were getting a lot of traction, we're gonna move spend from one channel to another channel, we're gonna move messaging from one channel to another channel in order to truly effectively meet the needs of the healthcare provider in terms of information. So we covered a lot today from both the data perspective and the digital marketing side of things. Chantel, thanks for sharing your expertise around HCP and patient relationships how sales teams are faced with limited physical access to the healthcare provider, the changes in the world of compliance in terms of privacy and data components. We also talked about the latest complexities around MDMs, and we talked about the need for a greater understanding of the patient journey. Be sure to join us for part two. Chantelle and I are going to dive into data consistency and how it affects all of the online and offline topics that we talked about today. Plus, we will be looking to our crystal balls to talk about where we think things are going in the future. You've been listening to the IQVIA podcast. Learn more about how we help our customers and partners accelerate innovation in healthcare at IQVIA.com.